0: When machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism and militarism are incapable of being conquered. George Bush doesn't care about black people.
1: have a black history month, but we don't have a white history month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right-wing, ultra-conservative, alt-right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black, I'm too confrontational, I'm too tough and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now I know I'm simply a strong black woman. A time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing. What would be bad is for us not to fight back.
0: This is 102.3 WHIV LPFM. You are listening to Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary. With me is Kenny Francis. And we are very happy to be interviewing the mayor of New Orleans, Mayor Cantrell.
2: Thanks so much for joining us, Mayor Cantrell. We know that you have a very busy schedule. Just like really quickly for our listeners, um, as we said, the mayor has a busy schedule. We have a little bit less time than we thought. And so rather than having sort of the expansive conversation, we're going to talk about like a couple of key issues um, and sort of really like hone in with them so we can get the specifics. Madam well, Mayor, thank, thank you for joining us. No,
1: thank you for having me. I appreciate you giving me some time.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I want to jump right in because I want to use mm-hmm. our time with you as um, efficiently as possible. So my first question for you is you talk a lot about a city of yes. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to talk about what, what does that mean when we get down to like what that sounds like, what that looks like, mm-hmm. what that feels like, what, what does that mean?
1: Um, well, it means multiple things. On, on the front end, it means that um, everyone in our city matters and should be treated as such. And when they interface with city government, they should have the not only the sense of or the feeling, but the efforts coming from city government that we're doing everything possible uh, to address and improve their daily quality of life. And from a perspective of, of yes, uh, not no, uh, not giving you every reason why something cannot be done, but really trying to figure out how we can address whatever concern, whatever problem, what challenge, or even just you know general help, but giving it all that we can as a government with the spirit of, of yes, because that's why we're here to serve. And oftentimes, uh, it's been where our residents feel like it's walking through the door, it's no, and having to fight mm-hmm. to get to yes, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually getting there, but why does it have to be so hard? And so trying to eliminate and alleviate any of those barriers that would keep uh, a citizen from feeling like we're working against them instead of working with and for them. Uh, And just inclusion, uh, that yes, everybody matters, uh, no matter who you are, no matter who you love. uh, That yes, you should be able to live and afford to live in the city of New Orleans. You know, yes, you should be able to uh, obtain a, a livable wage regardless of where you work in the city. Yes, you should have, you know, adequate transportation options so that you can not only go to and from work, but to to, to, to play, to, you know, to to recreate, to, to just live. And so uh, just changing the culture and the spirit of how we see ourselves and how government sees her people.
2: And so with that, you spoke about barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the issues that New Orleans faces are, I think we have a sort of a unique situation in New Orleans where you can see them, right? You can see folks not being able to get transportation to school, to work you, and, and school. You can see that people are having issues finding housing, the blight, the lack of infrastructure, and the issues go on and on. I think one of the most pronounced things about New Orleans and the issues that we face like a lot of urban cities is that you can see them very obviously. Like every time it rains, we see that problem pops up. And so I want to talk a bit about those barriers. Like, why can't we do that? Why aren't we a city of yes? What, what's holding us back from that?
1: Well, what's holding us back is really one, um, for a long time, there really hasn't been a focus on it. right? So it takes time to change the narrative, but to change the culture around uh, eliminating those barriers and also for who. Mm-hmm. So the city of yes, is really speaks to everybody. Like everybody matters. So a certain segment or a certain group within our population should not have a greater disparity than, than exists in other places throughout the city. Uh, and so um, I think, uh, you said, why has it been? Well, you know, hey, the history kind of speaks for itself. I mean, we are um, uh, uh, within the Jim Crow South, um, deep South, uh, you know, segregation was here. I mean, all these different fractions have been a part of how the system was designed and who the system benefited or who the system doesn't benefit. So breaking down those barriers to one where the system should benefit everyone. And that's a part of um, how I feel that I'm leading. Uh, One, trying to uh, address the issues of infrastructure. You mentioned that. Uh, But who has to pay for that? Uh, It should be uh, something that's shared. Particularly when you look at the revenues that that are generated in the city of New Orleans, that um, uh, really fuels the economy, not just you know locally, but for the state of Louisiana. But seventy percent of those dollars that go to state entities that are even in New Orleans, but it doesn't impact the infrastructure in and in, at the pace and level that it should. And so, um, creating more a balanced approach in a fairness, you know, as it relates to that. And, um, and that's what we're working on. And so with
0: that, can you explain then what fair share is mm-hmm. and, and what the process is by the tax dedication and uh, and, and help us understand that process so that we could help let our listeners understand? Because it's complicated. And when you look at some of the reports and you see where the different taxes are coming from and where they're going, it, it really requires a lot of effort to try to understand that. So maybe help us understand that I process. I will, and
1: I'll, I'll do it as best I can, but the bottom line is that the city retains one 1.5% of every dollar that's uh, generated uh, in the city of New Orleans. And so, uh, based on an industry that leads this state, uh, the city doesn't um, benefit um, as these other entities do. Um, we have a population now of 400, 400, people in the city. Uh, over the past year, we've seen 18 million visitors. So, surely, Uh, 400 and 400,000 people cannot sustain 18 million people. Uh, So you look at that alone and you can see that the city needs more revenue so that she can take care of herself, her own, you know, her families, her streets, her roads, her drainage, her transportation uh, options in the city. And so I'm not advocating for all, I'm advocating just for a little bit more of what we generate uh, so that we can take care of ourselves. And it's really just that simple. And visitors even come and say, oh, well, you know, the streets are horrible. You know, um, I'm at a restaurant, it's a boil water advisory. Uh, I go get a drink and, you know, I have to wait on ice because it's coming outside. And so all these things that visitors see, but also the residents who live here, we see it too. Uh, because uh, we see our neighborhoods that are filled with blight Uh, We see, uh, we're also impacted by the boil water advisories, our children, our families. Uh, We also drive on these streets that impact our vehicles, you know, that we have to pay for and sustain. Uh, Our homes that we live in are prone to flooding due to rainwater. Uh, We have an urban water plan. Yes, we have the plan, but it's an unfunded mandate. So there are things that we need to have done in the city. Know where those dollars need to go but uh, the challenge is getting those current dollars that are generated already redirected to help the city
2: so sort of the follow-up to that you talk about getting this fair share and this money that's coming in because the first question that pops into mind when you hear that number that eye-popping number of 18 million is those 18 million people must be bringing a lot of revenue to the city and you're saying we're only getting 1.5 percent of each dollar where is the money going?
1: Well, the money, the 70% of the dollars are going to four entities, state agencies. So you have the uh, Louisiana Superdome, you have the Convention and Visitors Bureau, you have the Convention Center itself, and then you have the New Orleans Tourism and Marketing Corporation. So you have two entities that market the city. And then you have um, our Convention uh, Center and of course our Superdome. Uh, they are managed and ran uh, by boards uh, that are Pretty much, uh, the board members serve at the pleasure uh, of the governor. Uh, you have um, basically people who are not accountable, you know, to the an, voters it, there, here. There
2: isn't any sort of vote for that. They
1: don't vote for it, yeah. um, you know, meaning they're appointed to these positions and they're not accountable. I mean, you have a city council, you know, that's elected. You have a mayor that's elected, and we are ultimately accountable, uh, but we don't have a say over how these dollars are distributed and where these dollars go.
2: And I think something that's important to point out here is as we were doing our research to meet with you, an argument that is made by those entities is that those 18 million people come here Mm -hmm. because of the work that they do and that they feel like they get the share that they need to do that work. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that many in the city as, res- as residents ourselves would agree with that, saying, seeing all of the issues that you just laid out. Um, I would love to hear you respond to that, like them saying, well, mm-hmm. we, we're the ones doing the work, the 18 million people that bring all that money are here because of us. That's why we take that mm-hmm. share. Mm-hmm. What would be well, your response be to that?
1: I think that uh, the city of New Orleans is why people come. That's number one. Uh, the people of this city make New Orleans great. Her cultural bears, her people. That's number one. Um, The convention center, um, their own numbers say that 1.2 million came through the convention center over the past year. So 1.2 million out of 18 million, well, wow, and you're getting the bulk of the money. Yeah, exactly. So I think that we all uh, can uh, say that we're responsible for who visits us. Uh, New Orleans is a destination city, uh, and uh, that's growing, and we need to grow that pie. Uh, But we also need to grow the amount that the city receives so that we can have a better quality of life And so the citizens here do not feel second-class to the industry that um, fuels uh, the state of Louisiana But currently our people feel second-class to it, and I think if there was a better uh, much greater um, uh, Redirection of those dollars then you can show them how the industry out impacts their daily quality of life in a positive way
0: and as we were preparing for this uh, this interview the three taxes that seem that don't seem to be going to New Orleans that that I was able to dig up was the hotel occupancy tax the self-assessment that was done uh, by the hotels uh, uh, during uh, uh, Mayor Landrieu's mm-hmm. uh, administration, and then the food and beverage mm-hmm. tax. So those were the three that, when I read reports, that seem to be the ones that are the most highlighted. I was wondering if you, and and, and, That's and
1: correct, right, You're and right then on.
0: and it seems as though that if we were able, and we being the City of New Orleans, mm-hmm. were able to collect on those taxes, then that would then provide a pathway for you to uh, to uh, fund on the priorities that you outlined in your budget, which included public safety, which is public health, human and material infrastructure, economic development, and quality of, of life. So I was just wondering if you can kind of walk us through that, that pathway a bit, and those taxes, and, and how those potentially would fund some of those initiatives.
1: Well, I mean, one, it's, it's through a rededication that we would need to get the uh, state support uh, to make that happen. The food and beverage tax, of course, is something that we all pay, you know, whether or not you are visiting or you live here. And clearly, um, some level of revenue generated from that absolutely can benefit the city and her infrastructure. Um, the self-assessment of 1.75 generates about $20 million a year. Uh, it never was intended to generate that much on the front end at all. But we're looking, you know, if that could be capped and the city of New Orleans can get, um, you know, an overage as it relates to it. Um, And even the the occupancy tax. But my top priority uh, is infrastructure, not just with the sewage and water board, which is in dire straits. Uh, You know, $40 million right now is owed to vendors that have done work that I can't pay them. That's a fact. Uh, let alone uh, cash flow to operate. Um, So there's a real need uh, for these dollars right now. Uh, And and that's where there really is a sense of urgency because it's right now. Hurricane season is right back upon us come June. Um, We had the least amount of rainfall, August 5th flood, but cars and homes were underwater. Um, And so, this isn't rocket science. I think that the city needs our fair share so that we can do better and that we can have some reoccurring revenue that we can depend on. And the city of New Orleans, and by my request, the council created uh, for the first time an infrastructure and maintenance fund that was they passed, I signed them into law just yesterday. So it's not advocating for m- more money to just go to a, the city's general fund to do whatever, you know, we want. It is to go to the infrastructure fund to fix drainage, roads, streets, transportation, and deal with other uh, infrastructure needs in the city like housing.
0: And so then to that, that leads into the uh, notion of, of Action New Orleans. And maybe mm-hmm. can you explain to us what Action New Orleans is? Your
1: action New Orleans uh, is a political action committee that was formed uh, by people who care about New Orleans and really would like to f- uh, support uh, my agenda, my priorities as mayor. Um, you need uh, a, a place where you can advocate uh, externally and that is Action New Orleans. Its top priorities are around infrastructure, both human and physical. And of course, as it relates to, to public safety, criminal justice reform um, and of course, you know, early childhood education, affordable housing, all those things that have uh, come out of listening to the people of the city Uh, that they say is a priority for them. And so Action New Orleans is to support wholeheartedly uh, my agenda as mayor.
2: And just to clarify for folks, something that we try to do often on our show is to sort of explain how the different parts of government work. And I think that like something that previously, as we get more details about Fair Share New Orleans and what you're trying to do, that I think folks are starting to realize is that you don't currently have these powers, Like you couldn't just change it on your own unilaterally. And What I am hearing you saying is that this campaign is for folks in the city to understand that we aren't getting our fair share, but that's gonna take activism and advocating and us as a city demanding from the state of Louisiana that this needs to change. Because inevitably this money is essentially, because even just as I did my own research in this, looking at the way this money gets um, divvied up, it makes very little sense, frankly.
1: It only makes sense uh, when you intentionally yeah. Uh, want yes. to yes. serve yeah. a certain population yeah. of people. Yes, so, I mean, that, right. that makes it absolutely. makes good sense. I mean,
2: even yes. just even just looking at like the balance sheet that that is put out about it, you see like one entity paying another entity, and then New Orleans is getting the smallest cut of that while generating their revenue. And then the obvious question comes: Well, what are they doing with that money? Right. And can't really seem to find clear answers on that. On like what's actually being done with the money that they're keeping.
1: No, exactly. I, I think that that's it. So part of a large part of this is educating. The people of the city, so that they understand that it's not the city uh, not doing, you know, what we're supposed to do, but the city doesn't get the dollars that people believe that we do get. You know, to fix, um, you know, infrastructure and roads and streets and the potholes and dealing with the boil water advisories. And if we did get more, then we could do a better job. Uh, But at the end of the day, when these things break and don't work, you know who gets to blame? The mayor of the city of New Orleans. And that's not fair either. (laughs) You know, so it's just like let's own the problem, but collectively let's provide solutions because we can fix this problem and we can make all residents in this city feel their worth and even our visitors can feel their worth as well. But many folks, even big conventions that come and things that are hosted here like Essence Festival, they had no idea that the city was getting, uh, you know, not our fair share, they had no idea that the formula was made up that way. Yeah. And they would think that we, oh, you see what we're doing for New Orleans? And I said, yeah. well, actually. Yeah,
2: because you, you hear about things like the Super Bowl coming here a couple yes. years ago. And you hear things like $500 million yes. coming into the city of revenue. But then you look around and hospitality workers still don't have insurance. Right. Folks are still stuck out in Gordon Plaza. Affordable housing yes. is really difficult to get. And as a citizen, you're like, what? where's all what this money? What is the city doing? Exactly.
1: <laughs> that, that's what they're wondering. And so what I can say is that the city is really trying hard to fight and push for our fair share so that we can do a better job of meeting people where they are and providing them the resources and services that they need to live in our great city and to continue to be, you know, the cultural bears, yeah. continue to grow the pie. Because we don't want to... Um, knock down our strength, we want to lift it up. We know we're Destination City, we need to grow the pie, but we need to share in eating the pie. And right now, New Orleans slices as thin as you can get.
2: I'm sorry, I know, I know you have to go because you're busy you know, running, oh, do, yeah. r- running the city. Um, but something we love to do is to give people like, actionable things. And I know that right now we're sort of at the beginning of this sure. campaign. But like, the legislative session is coming up. This is, gonna, is a state-level fight. If I'm an average citizen listening to this story, what, what do I get up and do about this?
1: What I will say is first you think locally. You think about uh, the local entities that are getting the majority of the money. Uh, this is not pitting New Orleans against the rest of the state of Louisiana, because that's unfair. But it is looking at those entities, calling the governor, uh, asking for a, a real compromise, a consensus, uh, that is with the industry, that is with the mayor of the city, and with the governor. And we can do this before a session even begins. That's how we have the, we have the power. Collectively, we have it. But just the city alone has zero power. But collectively we have it, and we could really come to a consensus before the start of a session. That's what I'm looking to do, create that win-win. So action, people can call the governor. Let, you know, call him. They can call even the hospitality industry. We had a public poll that was done um, where the people said 90, it was over 92%, who said that they believe this is the number one issue, and that revenue should be redirected to support infrastructure improvements in the city? Uh, but it cannot only be my voice, mm-hmm. and that's why educating the public is so essential. Because you know I'm a com- organizer by heart, and on the ground, and I believe if people had a better understanding of one, we don't get our fair share, and actively participate and advocate for us to get our fair share, then the powers that be will listen and not take us for granted because hurricane season is coming, you know, and boil water advisories, you know, are in sight if we do not improve the infrastructure in this city. And that's a fact. So thank you so much for allowing me to, to just share.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that we can talk more about, more about this with you in the future. Thanks Absolutely. And
1: I know you're WHIV. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. And and you know, all of our residents out there who, you know, are living with the virus, who are doing even everything that they can do to prevent themselves from getting the virus. Uh, you know, they matter too. You matter. And I want you to know that. And um, I'm here for you. My email is mayorcantrell at nola.gov. I check it myself and I would love to hear from you to see how I can better. Improve your quality of life. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Mayor Cantrell. Thank you. Thank you so much.